Hey guys, it's me, producer Ross, and welcome back to another edition of Game Day Extra Time, the show where fans have their say on their club. Once again, I've got a packed show with many guests, starting off with a man making his debut. It's Matt, a.k.a. View from the U2. How you doing, my friend? Of course, um, your thoughts on the Aquaton win and then the first defeat of the season at Doncaster on Tuesday night. So, take away, my friend. Well, hello, good evening, welcome. <clears throat> Let's go back to Saturday. Um, the iFollow camera was pretty steady. That was that was decent stuff. Um, I thought we were I thought we were decent. We never really got out of kind of fourth gear. Win is a win is a win, that type of thing. But we were all right, not convincing as we had been in this kind of strange, strange times, you know, um, that we're watching at the moment. Um, moving on to the midweek game, I didn't watch it. I couldn't, so I listened to it. And, yeah, having watched the highlights back and read all of the feedback, it's so it's so easy to immediately press the panic button and it kind of goes back a little bit to to kind of how we were last season a year to the day I think since our since our first loss then as well um but yeah work to be done um we'll see about this weekend cool and I go over to the sweet Welsh prince Ivy Davies how you doing my friend good week and your thoughts I haven't heard from you for a little while so I want to see how you've been doing your thoughts on the, the win against Aquiton and then it's finally happened the defeat against Doncaster Not too bad, thanks for having me back on, uh, yeah decent week busy with work but um, I think I've just about got over the uh, shambolic performance of, uh, of Tuesday night uh, Aquiton game, similar to Matt I thought it was, you know I'm pleased with the win, wasn't our best performance I always dread Aquiton now after going to the away game last stadium, the last season at the one stadium was just shambolic um but again similar views really we, we'd never really got out of got out of fourth gear but a win's a win um first 15 minutes against Doncaster it sounded really encouraging um and then you know we, it sounded like I know Wilson said after the game didn't he that a bit of complacency crept in which I thought was a really really bizarre thing to say five six games into the season um and it just kind of fell apart from there um Individual mistakes, not just Toto. Um, I thought the abuse of him was horrific, I have to say. Um, I thought the whole team was was poor. Dizal was overrun. Um, Edwards, your boy, was was not on form. Um, but again, it was it was one of them. I'm not getting too darn beat over it. We've got to dust ourselves down now. It's a tough game on the weekend. Um, but it's a game that we can win. And if we win that, uh, you know, restore a bit of confidence, that's the most important thing. But it is all about that reaction now because... Last season, as we saw, as soon as we lost one, everything kind of went to went to shit, didn't it? Really. So it's all about the reaction this weekend. As long as we can we can get a good reaction, because we're never going to win every game. All town fans know that's not going to happen. So as long as we get a good result on the weekend and build on that, I'll, I'll be happy. Cool. And I go over to good old David. I didn't speak to him on Tuesday night, so I want to get his thoughts on our first <laughs> defeat of the season. But I hope you had a good week. But first of all, the Aquiton result, two 0 win there. Or at home, uh, but yeah, your thoughts on both them games? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, I, I didn't um, watch or actually listen to the Doncaster one. It's been um, yeah, it's been it's been a good week. I've been re- rearranging my um, holiday because Wales has gone into hibernation. Planting 
three and a half thousand bulbs. I don't think I ever want to see another bloody bulb. Um, it's uh, eight hours of that today. And um, a lot of time yesterday because it was International Pronouns Day yesterday. So I spent a lot of time promoting that. Accrington, first half, bollocks, wasn't it? Um, and But you knew it. You knew full well exactly what you were going to get in the first half. Francine and I were sat there and we knew before a ball had been kicked exactly what was going to happen. Why? Judge in the middle. Can Judge play as a striker? No, he can't. I mean, Judge may have, may perhaps have some features and virtues as a footballer. Um, he runs around a lot. He's got the enthusiasm of a six-year-old, uh, two that I can think of. But um, as a striker, no, it's been done before and, and it didn't work then. Um, why go back to him when you've got a striker in Sears who you play on the right, in, on the left, when Edwards was playing well? On, you know, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And you, although Hawkins and um, Jackson were out, the young one, Bennett, he can play as a striker. So you've got options. You don't have to put um, a five-foot-two-inch non operational midfielder in as a striker it's i mean mick stockwell's probably available for a game he's done it before <laughs> he's probably more effective at his age than um judge would be second half judge goes wide sears goes up top much better um we push forward the the gap between midfield and the attack disappeared and i thought the second half was comfortable first half was rubbish but second half really comfortable didn't listen to doncaster um, seven o'clock doesn't work for me, especially not when I'm rebooking holidays and things and there's Bake Off anyway, Then it's away at Doncaster. And my thing has been, I'm only listening to or watching away games that I would have gone to if we were allowed into grounds. So I wouldn't have been able to get Doncaster because I work. So it, it would have been one of those I would have been frustrated about. Um, from what I hear, however, then... We were undone by things which have been evident for several games. Um, going right the way back to Bristol Rovers. Bristol Rovers um, could have scored. They had long shots. Accrington had some. And a lot of the time they've been caused, been put in that position by defensive frailties, which have then been picked up by a block. And we've praised... Um, Enciala over the time because he's put this block in that block, he's put his body on the line for things, but how often is, have those been caused by him doing that? Um, similarly, Kenlock has been in positions where other people have got him out of a mess. There have been times when Dazelle has been ghosted past because he doesn't yet have that physicality because he's still learning that role at this level, which is fine. So I think that and I don't think we should panic about it, but I think we were undone against Doncaster by all accounts, by things that have been problematic, but we've got away with, which isn't to say that we're rubbish, but also the previous results perhaps were over generous and we came, came up against a side which is better than what we've played before. Um, so I'm, I'm not distraught by it. Four pisses me off. Um, but I'm not distraught by an away defeat. Like Harvey says, it's what happens next that's the important bit. Um, and 
whether we continually play bloody judge. <laughs> cool. And uh, next up is good old Thomas Seggins, Mr. Game Day himself. He's wearing a very bright goalkeeper shirt. Which, which um, season's that from? Is that from last season? Last season, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I put it on just to remind everyone that we did have worse with Norris last year because this would have been <laughs> made especially for Norris and it was released about a month ago because um, it was never made available beforehand. It's the third kit from last season. so And it's a, you know, it was a large and an extra large. And I went for large because I said an extra large wasn't too big. So obviously, because Holy's, nice Holy's massive, um, this is obviously Norris's. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, yeah, your thoughts, of course, on... I've had a lot, you know, do you agree with everybody else? Um, but your thoughts on Aquiton win and, of course, the Doncaster defeat. I spoke to you after the game, Doncaster. I think the only one I spoke to after the game. You can always rely on me when the worst fails. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, your overall thoughts, my friend. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm back to Saturday. I agree with everyone else what's been said, more or less. Um, you know, first half was, wasn't great. And then and I still don't understand, like they were saying, why you play judge in the middle when you've got... And you've put Sears on the left, who's a striker. It's where he played before he came to us. For some reason, Mick decided to put on the wing his first full season with us. And then you've moved Edwards over to the right, even though against Blackpool, he flourished. And that's what he was doing since his Peterborough. He's shown exactly what he can do there for us. And you've moved him over. And for some reason, I don't I don't understand why he started out like that. I know he was a bit pushed into it with Jackson, the coronavirus, and Hawkins getting injured. But to me, it didn't make sense. Thankfully... At halftime, he learned and he changed it around and we looked better second half and it worked. So, you know, to be fair to Lambert, he did change it at, at a time when he needed to to get those three points. But, and then Tuesday happened. I mean, you know, I always moan after games. <laughs> Even when we win, sometimes got one or two. But um, I think I'm not, I'm not worried as such as how we react, like everything everyone's been saying, but it's the manner in which we let the goals in on Tuesday is what I've been fearing with our defence the whole season. We've we've shown that we have got mistakes in us and with Toto looking clumsy, Holy made one or two mistakes, defence looking a bit shaky, Kenlock on the left, it was all it was all a bit worrying and you know, just how how it all panned out really. Um it's, it's a shame but we've got to bounce back now on Saturday. The only trouble is it's against Lincoln and I have bad memories of last season going to Sincel Bank and it was a 5-3, of course, Norris and goal. But, um, it's, it's, you know, it's, we've got to bounce back and hopefully we do. It's going to be a tough test. Um, but, yeah, um, I still don't understand the criticism for Judge on Tuesday. Um, I think there was worse players on the pitch than him on Tuesday. Um, and I still don't get why with the goal that we scored, it's all been mentioned about Chambers. Yeah, it was his big appearance and stuff like that. But for that, if if it wasn't for Judge's first touch and his pass, we wouldn't be talking about that goal because Judge set that set up Chambers well there, and then and he passed it in. And if if it wasn't an own goal, Sears would have got to that, and we'd be talking about another the second goal for a striker. Um, so, and yeah, he runs about. He wasn't great. He made a few blocks before half time, and the second half, and the way Donny played, they just kept pressing and pressing, and it put our front three out of the game. So, um, I think. In terms of Tuesday, Judge isn't great and we've got better players. I would like to see Bennett's come in for him, admittedly. But um, I just think there was worse on Tuesday in that pitch and what he, what he gave us. I've got, um, before I introduce the final man joining us this evening, I've got a few hand up, hands ups already. So I'm sure they're going to mention whatever Thomas has said. So David, I'll go over to you first <laughs> and I'll go over to Harvey after. 
Tom picked me up on this the other day about my criticism of Judge, and I did. I didn't come back. I was busy. I, to one extent, I think yes, I am slightly unfair on Judge um, because it's not entirely his fault. He's played consistently out of position. If he was playing in a completely different position, one that suited him, then perhaps we'd see a different player. But if you're put in a certain position, and I take the point Thomas made about um, his pass, because it was a good pass, but you can pick out that. I mean, Kenlock was responsible for a run which put a, a really good chance in in one of the previous games. Um, that doesn't excuse all of the other things that Kenlock does wrong at the back. And Judge's positional discipline, the fact that he can't get past a player, he's not a right-sided wide player. You could play him as a wide right midfielder, you know, a tab type, but as a winger, he's not that. And it's not his fault, but if he's put there, I expect him to be able to play in that position. It's like I said about Stockwell. Stockwell wasn't a striker, but he played and he did an effective job as that, alongside, what, a 38-year-old walk, I believe, at the time. Um, they did a decent enough job as a makeshift strike pair. Judge gets put in different positions and doesn't do that because it's not what he wants to do. He goes and does the other things. That's my problem with him. If you're going to play him as a right winger, he needs to behave like a right winger, and he doesn't. So, Harvey, what's your thoughts then on uh, what Thomas has said? What's, what's uh, picked your Yeah, just, just picking up on what um, David and Thomas said, I think I was looking at that lineup puzzled when um, I saw that Judge was playing that striker. I don't even think you can call it a striker role, can you? That false nine role, whatever whatever the term is these days. I think the only reason why Judge was playing that position, I think, is because Lambert doesn't trust Kenlock. I think that could be the, the only reason, because Judge, whether he's on the left or whether he's on the right, we saw, again, on the weekend the, with, um, with Edwards, um, they alternate wings all the time. They swap wings all the time. So it's as simple as Lambert doesn't trust Kenlock, uh, doesn't trust Judge to help out Kenlock defensively. We know what Judge is like. He ends up in the, in the car park for half the game. He goes wandering so much. So I think that could be the only reason for it. There's been three managers now where he, they haven't fancied Kenlock for one reason or another. <laughs> so I think that, that, to me, that is the only reason why Judge started that striker role. Um, I'm not having this whole... You know, the way we're trying to play, you can link up play and all this. Yes, you can do that, but we were still playing long balls throughout the game. So, to me, that, that is the only reason why, because he doesn't trust Ken Locke and he doesn't trust Judge to, to trap back in us. Cool. And the final man to introduce, I'm sorry for the wait. He's got a bit of a sniffles, but it is Liam from Crew. How are you doing? Well, we sort of know how you're doing, but um, your thoughts, of course, on the Aquiton win and the Doncaster defeat, of course, once again, I was um, had the lovely hospitality of your home on Tuesday night. I haven't got the sniffles, so thankfully I didn't get anything from you, but um, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, not too bad. Just seasonal man flu, nothing more serious. So um, I've had it. should be all right. shouldn't forget about COVID. <laughs> um about Accrington on Saturday, um, pretty much what people have said. First half, Lambert tried something clever, didn't have to come off. But I, I was quite impressed in the second half of how 
they adapted um, by with Sears going down the middle, and and it was really easy in the first half. They got a little bit a little bit too direct at times, and Accrington were winning the ball back quite comfortably with their very tall um, centre halves, uh, and they just struggled really to get the ball down and play, which is what they've been doing. Um, and of course, having no focal point there doesn't help. But even with Sears down the middle, who's not exactly a tall man, it was it was always still a danger that they weren't going to be able to get their, their game going. But they did. Uh, I think Sears linked really well. Um, and obviously, the goal for uh, Edwards was was really good. And I think the second half showed that Town. Um, look a bit more durable this season maybe um that they can adapt to things and maybe react uh and i mean then came doncaster <laughs> uh, where they went behind and didn't react but i think um it was a comfortable win against accrington even the first half when they dominated the game and had so many chances it was comfortable for me because it was all long range there was nothing really that I remember of them really getting in behind town. It was all pot shots from 20, 30 yards. Um, and uh, I thought it was pretty comfortable in the end. Town could have had a few more. I mean, Bennett's could have had one right at the end. Uh, and, of course, uh, Ty- Tyree Simpson coming on should have had a shot instead of laying it off. And he could have got on the score sheet. So it could have been a bit more. But in the end, it was a comfortable win. Then we move on to Doncaster. And the first 20 minutes were good. Town looked confident again and were playing the ball around. I don't think Doncaster were as good as people make them out to be. Um, They scored four goals, which most of them uh, were pretty much self-inflicted. And they've been like what Town have been, clinical. When they got the chances... They put them away, but I don't really remember them creating a huge amount of real good chances um, beyond that, where they absolutely battered town. I think mainly the goals came from individual errors, uh, which we all saw, unfortunately. Um, but I, I'm not getting getting too... Um, uptight about it uh it was always going to happen at some stage it's disappointing it happened on tuesday the worry more for me is the reaction of going behind there was nothing in the second half uh yes the two goals can um two goals in like a couple of minutes that killed the game really um were horrendous but they didn't look like they were ever going to get back into the game even if they hadn't conceded those two and and that's for me, the disappointment and potentially the major worry. Uh, I know that uh, Mr. Seggins there called me out uh, on Tuesday night uh, from something that I said against MK Dons, where I was pretty much telling people to chill and calm down. And I, 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 I'm in that same boat again. Uh, it's a defeat. It wasn't a good defeat. It was a pretty heavy one. But I think it's a defeat. Just got to get on with it. Mistakes were made. I, I am a bit worried about what Wilson said about um, complacency. I mean, that, I think that's a, an absolute ridiculous thing to 
to have, mm-hmm. after what happened last season, to admit that they're potentially um, being complacent after having a really good start to this season where we've not really played anyone, I think is really dangerous. And I think if that is the case, then uh, Lambert really needs to put a rocket up them to kind of basically say, look, no one in this league is going to be easy. As everyone has said, other teams have had chances against Town in other games uh, and Town have come out and won them comfortably, but could have been a different game. So at the end of the day, though, I think as what people have said, it's about Saturday, about how Town react to it. Um, and obviously, if it's um, if it's an abject performance and a bit of a battering, then obviously I think then people can start maybe getting a little bit panicky. But one defeat uh, from first seven games, uh, it's not still second in the table. Um, Hull City lost four-one to Fleetwood a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I think at the moment, especially with no fans in the ground, I think teams are beating everyone. There are res- some results happening each week uh, where some of the bigger boys are being beaten by lower teams or um, teams that you didn't expect uh, to lose, uh, ending up losing. So um, just take our medicine and uh, come Saturday, hopefully a better performance and show that this isn't. Uh, what uh, Tom <laughs> predicting that it could potentially fall into uh, last season, Mark II, uh, and hopefully show that this new town this season uh, won't make the same mistakes as the old. Cool. Um, have you got a hand up there, Thomas, or is that how you just sort of saying? Talk, no. okay. I have okay. predicted it's season Mark II. I, I don't want history to repeat itself. No, no, we don't want that again. I'm just... It's still in the back of my mind, and that's you know, I log I log Liam's words right in the back of my mind when he said it. Well, that's going to come back to haunt you one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, good old Matt, you got anything else to add? Can we talk about complacency? Yes, my friend. I can't remember who said it. I got a memory like a fish today. We'll blame Harvey, self isolation. Yes, yeah, that's right. Um, that is worrying in terms of last season, Mark II, like T-Seg said as well. Um, yes, it's our first loss, but I've just been looking at the old uh, table from last season. Um, like the whole the whole of the playoffs, right the way up to second place, lost nine games. And I think that was only, um, that was only in that kind of condensed 34 league games before the points per game or whatever it was called, um, came in. And I think the complacency from last season, obviously I hope I don't see it this season, but I think we came in with the attitude last season that we're a massive fish in a small pond. We get 25,000. They only get 1,800, 2,500, et cetera, et cetera. I think this season the difference is we've actually got a a fixed system. And, you know, to, to my pleasure, we're actually sticking to it and we're actually looking to develop that way of playing and like we've talked about already we are a bit little bit more durable um obviously what is concerning is the fact that we don't have a hard man as i would say in midfield but we'll um we'll we can touch upon that later on if you wish cool 
Well, um, one thing else to add, of course, for the Doncaster game, Mr. Luke Chambers, the skipper, Chambo, uh, Mr. Fist Pump Man. Um, he hasn't done that much, of course, recently because, uh, well, we haven't had that much to cheer about. Um, definitely last season anyway. But yes, he has entered the top 10 Itchwich Town League appearance makers. Which well is, done, is, Chambo. Yes, well done. You know, in, in re- definitely in, in current times, in the like, last decade, not many clubs can sort of say they've had a player who has gone over to make 300-plus appearances for their club. Um, and he is doing that. And, you know, he's now part of that legendary list of top 10 players, like some Mick Mills, uh, John Walk. Um, so anybody want to add anything on Chambers's, you know, record-breaking moment? David? Well, I mean, he has his detractors, but I think that a big part of that is because of the time he's captaining. Mm-hmm. Um you know, anybody who's playing at the moment isn't going to be held by anybody in the same esteem as some of the other players um, over the years in the past, you know, a Matt Holland or something. But it's almost, especially at this time of um, football, you have to give credit, you know, to be playing there under the number of managers consistently, week in, week out, sometimes and frequently not in his um, favoured position and things, and to captain and all of those other things, when most players are at a club for, what, two, three years maximum because you change clubs so often. And that loyalty and the, 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 the drive that he's obviously got to pick himself up from disappointments, I think is a credit. And um, I think that it'll be a sad day when he retires. I know, And I know that he does make mistakes, but everybody does. But he's a conduit for um, all of that criticism because of his role and because he's been the captain at a disappointing time for the club. Of course, you know... Um... That is a big word, isn't it? Lorty. You know, a lot of players don't have that now. Um, but he's still here. He's playing right back again. I think that is one position we thought it would never play again for us. But injuries and all that. Um, but one position, nice little segue here. Um, we had a bit of a crisis going on. We still have an away. Um, he's, of course, the striking crisis at the club. Um, Hawkins is looking to be back. Of course, he came off the bench for the Doncaster game. But, you know, we, we mentioned the judge playing that false nine position, which was just eye-watering in terms of like what is going on we're playing judge five foot two or whatever as a striker um so i gave the lads some homework um i didn't tell matt until pretty much five minutes before recording so he's had to uh you know had to think on his feet but he's done some research but um i want to go over to a man i think who will have an option on um the homework by the way for the listeners is i wanted them to give me a free agent striker that they would like town to sign or possibly, you know, possibly sign. So over to you, Harvey. I want to go over to you first, my friend. Um, which player have you chosen? Uh, who would you, you know, who would you like? Well, firstly, when I was looking through the, the list of options, um, it did make me think that it's not as easy as we think. You know, we, we're putting on Twitter, we need to sign someone ASAP, we need to sign someone for free. The list of options out there, isn't brilliant, as you'll see now with my answer. So, <laughs> the person I've gone for is Craig Davis, formerly of uh, Mansfield. Bloody hell. So, he's been, he's been at Mansfield. He was at Mansfield from 2018. I think he got released last season. Um, he's had an injury-prone 18 months. And I know that an Ipswich town doesn't usually go well. But it sounds like he's making his way back to full fitness now. And in the season before that, I think he scored 18 goals in League One. 
Um, he's six foot two, so he offers something that you know only really Hawkins gives us in, in that physical department. Um, I think we've seen so far that with Hawkins in the team, we're, we're such a we work in that four three three, you know, so so well. I'm not talking give him a two year contract or anything like that. I'm probably looking short term until January and then take it from there. But even if he, he gives us half an hour off the bench or if he gives us if he does start, he gives us 50, 60 minutes. He gives us an option that, as I said, only Hawkins really gives us. He's a proven goal scorer in League One. He scored 18 goals. Um, I think it was a 2017-2018 season. I know I'm clutching at straws. That was a while ago. I'm aware of that. But my um, my options were limited. So I'd be relatively pleased with that. Um, as I said, six foot two, target man. Short-term deal. I'd be happy with it. That is the most random option ever. I've just um, Googled him. Is it because he's Welsh or he's won seven caps? Uh, do you know what? It's, it, it's actually not. It's actually, I'm not <laughs> trying to build up a team of Welsh players. Um, but I, I just think, you know what, for, for, for the short-term solution, it might, be, it might be worth an option. He's not going to score six goals in six games or anything like that. But, he, you know, he can offer us, you know, when, when we are playing those long balls, he can link up play for, for your likes of Bishop, for your likes of Nolan to, um, you know, to, to score the goals. Uh, you know, while we're waiting for people like Nord and Adrizzy and people like that to get back yeah. to full fitness. Fair enough. Um, I want to go over to Thomas next. Um, is this going to be a player that I know of? No offence to Craig <laughs> Davis, but um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I did I did my research. I had a look through some strikers. Um, I read Stu's piece and I, I have gone for one that's on the list on one of Stu's. Um, that's on Stu's, sorry. Um, but some of the names on there, Ishmael Miller, I haven't heard that name for ages. Yeah. I remember him coming to Port Road 10 years ago. Yeah, massive throwback. Whoa, is, that, is, he, is he still old enough to play? It feels like 33, 34, isn't he? Yeah, he used to play for City 35. as well, didn't he? I think I seem to remember back in the day. Yeah, uh, it was crazy to see his name on the list. Like you say, a throwback. I haven't heard that name for ages. And, but I haven't gone for him now. 33, yeah, I can't remember quite. But I've got, I actually went for Toma Hamid. Uh, I said that right. I'm not good asking you, Ross. But, um... Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't bother me. <laughs> Carry on. But, um, yeah, obviously, he played for, like Stu said, he played for um, Brighton 2015 2017, um, providing loads of goals. He obviously went down to um, QPR and Charlton on loan and, you know, made some sub appearances. Some appearances, obviously, scored one, two goals there. Obviously, released in the summer. Um, got a bit of pace, strength, you, you know. He, for a, for a striker who's available on a short-term deal, he'd be a decent option for me to bring in, add a bit of depth, um, a bit of experience. You know, I'd, he's obviously been in the championship a while, so to come down another level, it'd be a good addition for us, um, get, get a few more goals, potentially. But at the same time, I don't really, I think, I think Liam's going to make this point as well, but I don't really see that we need to look at free agents at the moment, at the time, because um, for a start, Jackson's only up for two weeks. Um, Hawkins is now back. Freddie can play there. We know he's a striker. We've got Simpson, who admittedly, yeah, he's green, but he's had a preseason. All the strikers that I've looked at, where where have they had, where have they been all preseason? You know, they won't be up to scratch like the players that we've got at the moment have, who are fit. Um, so for me, I'd, it's an option to bring someone in if we really, really need to. But at the moment, I don't think we do. 
Um, it's like I say, we've got we've got Hawkins back now, who has been doing really well for us. You know, he's probably our, apart from Ward, our best signing in the summer. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's good to look at the who's available, and like Harvey says, it's 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 definitely difficult to pick out someone who you think could fit in, and obviously, it's it's harder than we think to think. Oh, I'll just go and get a free agent. It's 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 not that easy. There's not not that many names about who could actually fit in, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, if we had to, it would be Hammond. Okay. I saw Harvey put his hand up, so um, you got some thoughts yeah, just, on him? Just to, just to quickly clarify, I would quite obviously prefer Hammond over Craig Davis. <laughs> but what, what I was saying was the kind of rationale behind my thinking. Yeah. I, I feel as though, I mean, I could be completely wrong, who knows, but I feel as though wages might might be an issue with Hammond. I know he's a free agent, um, but you know he was paying for Brighton not so long ago. I know he was in Charlton last season. Um, on championship wages then. I know players can't be fussy nowadays with COVID and, and what have you, um, but I just feel as though, especially with a salary cap, um, I don't think we'll be able to, to get him on a low enough sure. wage. No, mind, I'll probably announce it tomorrow or not, but um, surely I just with, think... Like, surely with the times like you are saying, like, surely to, if you're a footballer, you want to play. So yeah, of course. To, yeah. to take a wage cut is probably better than... Yeah, you on, think sitting in the stands for the whole season and losing your revenge camp to retire because you haven't got a club. Yeah, I just think it might be slightly, slightly out of our reach. But then, who knows? Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> cool. Well, um, I'll go over to to Matt quickly. Um, have you got your thoughts on the two players that's been mentioned? And have you got your own one as well? Well, the bloke that sounds like um both selector um chat um. <laughs> Not, not really too familiar, if I'm completely honest. Um, Tom Ahmed, um, yeah, really interesting. Would he would he be our first Israeli player? Um, yeah, I think so, possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like all kind of, I'm a bit of an internationalist, so I personally, I think that would be pretty awesome, to be honest. I think he's got Polish citizenship as well. Um, but there we go. I'm just looking through. He's, he's played in Spain and Israel, and he started in Israel, which means he's probably back in Israel or, or, or Poland or Spain. So the lure of Ipswich, um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, trouble is, like, we, we get a lot of these guys getting the train up from London. We're all aware of, like, the whole David McGoldrick stuck in a BMW for seven hours a day commuting, which was just ridiculous. Um, sorry about that ping, by the way. Um, but when they get here, they're like, this is really nice. This is... I live, you know, I lived in Manningtree. Isn't it awesome? Like Lawford and everywhere like, like that. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think we sell ourselves enough to some of these guys. Um, yeah, we are a big club to us. Yes, we do have a decent history, but it's also really nice around here. You know, they could go to some, now I work in London. There's football clubs all over the place and there's some of them are in the middle of some right old, you know, what holes. Um, we will move swiftly on um, to somebody who I think would be would be good, possibly a little bit out of reach. If I was playing football manager, he'd definitely sign for me if I was managing town this season. Um, I'm going to go with 33-year-old um, French Benin international, Rudy Gested. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's a good shout. Good shout. Um, so he's he's been on a free um, since, oh, when did he leave? He left Middlesbrough, didn't he? Um, yeah. And I, I, I think it'd be pretty good. Um, 
He's is he 33, 32? I'm just trying to. I'm I'm doing he's a bit. Of yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's 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 thirty two. He scored sixty five goals in two hundred and ninety six um, professional appearances. The majority of which in the championship. And I always think if we had the money, we should be aiming upwards in terms of players. Because um, I think us looking to go upwards elevation, him coming down, getting a little bit older. Because um, we don't, like I said earlier, we don't really have, we don't have a hard man in midfield, not anymore. We used to have about five of them about six, seven years ago, but none at all. They're all like flimsy little people type thing. Hughes flying into challenges at the, at the weekend. I was like carrying, expecting something to snap or break. Um, but I just think somebody that's a little bit older, particularly, you know, you hear, obviously we all know what's happening with James Norwood. Um, Caden, want away Caden Jackson, I think, as we referred to him for about two days. Um, personally, I think we should have should have taken the money for, for Caden Jackson. I, I think this whole COVID thing is very, very, um, very, very convenient. But yeah, we are, we're, we're, we're thin on the ground. And um, I think it was David earlier was saying about Walkie and, and, and Stockwell. I remember that. <laughs> it was great, wasn't it? <laughs> absolute, absolute craziness. And like a lot of the time now, it seems that we're worrying that we don't have like eight strikers to choose from. You know, we're not. We signed Ian Jurieff on loan to. Um, I, I go on about it. We signed Ian Jurieff on loan to relieve the burden on Walk and Stockwell. He made two sub appearances. He came on loan <sighs> for late Orient. Oldies, oldies, oldies. <laughs> That's going back, going back. But yeah. Rudiger's dead, and he doesn't even have an agent. He's like, what's his face? It's a um, James Milner, boring James Milner. He doesn't have an agent. That's what I pay. That's what I pay the PFA for. Get on the phone to Gestead. Get Lambo to come get him down for a trial. Have a look around Playford Road. Take him to like Manningtree and stuff. Fish and chips in Aldborough. Love it. Just just be like being back in France, where he's from via Benin. <laughs> Gonna move over to David. Um, your thoughts on everybody's options and have you got an option yourself um well i sort of haven't sort of haven't um because i think it's frankly pissing in the wind um there's of us signing a strike on a short-term basis uh, as there is of me voting tory next election um it, it's just not happening is it Regardless of money and all of and wages and all of that sort of thing, I don't think that Lambert would go for it because they'd have to get up to speed. Um, especially when you're looking at some of them, like, I mean, why do people keep banging on about bloody Victor and Nietzscheby? I mean, he hasn't had a he hasn't had a club for about four hundred years. And um, Tom earlier on said, you know, if as a footballer, why don't you you just want to play? He doesn't. He said that he what he's had number of offers, but he he's turned them down because he wants he wants something better. Yeah, you know, how long do you spend turning down offers in the hope that there'll be one day something better? Is he going to be sixty? In a fantasy world where we did have some money and we did have a little bit of space in the budget and we did have the gumption to go and say, you know, let's let's do this, then. I have to say that I'd be going for Colin Coyner. I liked him when he was here. Um, I, you know, he's got... I know Frank Noble had a tendency to just run at things, but that pace, but his pace and his 
physical power, I think, is something we don't have. And it's different to Hawkins. So when Hawkins is fit and he's fit, there are op different options. He also has the advantage, although he hasn't had a pre-season, that he knows a lot of the players at the club already. So he wouldn't have that um, acclimatization thing. So if we would go for it, given the paucity of options, because there's not very many options out there, which are even vaguely, <laughs> then I'd go for Quayner. But it's purely hypothetical because it's not happening. Over to Liam. I know his answer, so this will be short. Uh, put mm. your thoughts on everything. Uh, my answer, uh, just listen to Tom, Harvey and David, <laughs> who have just completely taken everything I was going to say. Um, basically, I mean, if there was money available, and there isn't, because, I mean, Lambert said he wanted a striker on deadline day and they weren't going to be able to do it. So if they weren't going to be able to do it where they could have potentially got a loan in, then they're not going to bring in a free agent um, when the window has closed. I don't think there's a, a necessity for it. Um, uh, Hawkins is back at the moment. Jackson will be back in a week and a half when his quarantine is over. Um, Norwood uh, will be getting back very soon in the next probably month or so, um, as is Drynan. Um, so they'll all be coming back. But, I mean, for the time being, I mean, Sears can play up there if desperate need. I also think that this Keenan Bennett could play up there um, and could, could be an option there, um, which hasn't been tried yet. But that could be an option. Um, and if all fails, then you've got Simpson, who we turned to last season. And as Tom said, he is very, very raw. But he, he's, you may, if you're in a desperate situation like that, I'd rather him go for Simpson and give him uh, a chance uh, to do something as one of your own players than go out and waste money on a basic 33, 34-year-old that probably hasn't kicked a ball in anger for a couple of years, um, who frankly, will only be a stopgap for a couple of months and then we get to January and potentially be able to do something then if needs be. But it all comes back to the salary cap. Um, it's not going to happen because it's not just about the wages, it's about the squad size. And if you're, if, you're, um, if you're going to bring someone else in over the age of 21, then someone's going to have to be dropped. Uh, so... <laughs> um, so um so it's it's not as easy as that um although the the options that i did see rudy gisted actually and i did look at that and think oh that's uh but i also saw daniel storage was on there which was quite interesting right at the top of the list but um but uh clearly nowhere near Fit enough. <laughs> uh, nowhere near going to get Daniel Sturridge as Harvey disappears. Um, <laughs> Apologies. Um, and yeah, um, but uh, frankly, frankly, I think you may as well give uh, a kid who's been training uh, a better chance than someone who probably hasn't played for uh, a good year, maybe, uh, who is going to take a while to get up to speed when the players that we need will be coming back anyway and it'll be a waste of money and 
uh, space, I would say. Or if need be, judge can play there. <laughs> like we found out last That's Saturday. That's extreme. <laughs> but as we saw on Saturday, um, never again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so basically, that was a waste of time just doing that striker options things, basically. But um, yeah. I've got a few more hands up, though. Uh, David, I saw you put your hand him. up. I liked it. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. But, uh, Dave. I, think, I, think, I think it's been, been a fun conversation. Um, yeah. And for me, the, 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 the two things well, I, I was going to say about Simpson, and I think that he's, he impressed me when he came on against Accrington. He had a very, very short cameo. But he did, you know, Lambert gave that nonsense thing to about Sears last season when he, when he was refusing to bring any substitute on before the 94th minute. And he said that <laughs> Sears, had, Sears had to show him... 90 minutes in the 90 seconds he was given, um, which I think is complete toss. But um, Simpson sort of did that. He he hustled, he, he ran, he moved <coughs> space, and he showed he's a useful player um, in that little cameo there. So I think that he, he's undoubtedly a decent option, um, to my mind. And the other one is Bennett's, who we've told can play up front. And I'd, I'd quite like to see him in that in that thing. I think his, his pace would be useful about him as well. Cool. I think it's time to move on, I think. And let's look <laughs> towards this weekend. Um, can Town bounce back? Of course, they head to Lincoln City. Central Bank, um, the place where we lost 5-3 uh, last season. Um, I think, did, I'm trying to think you took me to that game. Was it David? Oh yeah, of course, yes, of course. Yeah, I was there. You were there. You were there. But yeah, good old. Yeah, good old Thomas and Katie. Yeah, but yeah, uh, Lincoln City, of course, currently sitting in third place, um, pretty much on the same points as us, but we've got better goal difference thanks to that four-one uh, win against Blackpool. But then we lost four-one against Doncaster. Um, so I want to go over to you then, Thomas. First, um, your thoughts going into this game, Lincoln? Um, they've got a whole new squad now. I think they've. Let go of 15, but then they're signed 14 players or the other way around, one of those. So they're a very new-look team, but they're still doing very well with Mark Appleton. So um, your thoughts going into this game and your prediction as ever? Yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I like what Appleton's done there. Um, he's obviously got them firing and, you know, they're third in the league. So it's, it's our biggest test yet, in my opinion. Um, we need to bounce back, um, especially after Tuesday. We need... A, we need, we need I'd take a draw in my eyes, um, calm down everyone. I think it was still Andy said that earlier, but it would definitely calm down a few fans, get a draw against Lincoln, you know, take the point. Central Bank's a hard place to go to. We found out on two or three occasions. So, um, you know, we need to just go back to basics, grind that result, get a draw if you have to. Just don't lose. Just play the system, make, make one or two changes if need be. I think he will. I think he'll probably... I, I, I'd probably say NCR will be... Swap for Wolverhampton, in my opinion. Um, may have to bring up, may may change, bring in Hawkins again. I don't know if he'd move Sears onto the left, which I don't really want him to do because Edwards is thriving there. And move Edwards to the right and drop Judge. You've got Bennett who could also come in. Who I'd like to see start. To be honest, he's looked quite lively when he's um when he's come off the bench. But um, he's got a lot of options to think about on Saturday. Um, and I know he doesn't want. He's got to make it. He's got to do the right choices because if he does too much, too much tinkering, it starts to look like last season after a loss. And even if he keeps the same system, there's there's still so much he can do before we start thinking. Hang on, that's a bit too many changes, especially after he's been saying, "No, we've we've got to keep the same team, 
get a good run of get a good team together, you know, for a run of games just to see how they play on. But I think um, in terms of like Toto and all them, if, if he's, he can't drop too many of them because it, like I said, it just looks like last season. So it's it's interesting to see what he'll do. It's and plus I I think it was Stuart who said if you if you drop Toto, then perhaps ruins his confidence. But if he plays and has a bad performance again, that's also likely to affect his, affect his confidence. But then there's people on the bench who are waiting to come on and jump at the chance after what happened Tuesday. So there's so many possibilities and it's I wouldn't want to be Lambert going into Saturday, definitely. And my friend. Um We've got first the, choice now this week. So. Yeah. Yeah. Brad put on the chat as well. I don't actually look what he said, but um, Andy, Andy and Sue both went for a loss, and I kind of thought, oh, you have. But then thinking about it, I agree. <laughs> so I think I'll, I'll go for a one nil for Lincoln. Okay. All right. Um, I'm gonna go over to you, Liam. I've left you last for the last few chats, so I thought I'd get you uh, in early doors. So how are you feeling going into this game and your prediction, my friend? You're top of the leaderboard, of course, on the <laughs> predictions. So will you continue that? Will you get? And have a result and scoreline correct. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, we don't want to lose the game. But for me, the bigger point is the performance and how how uh, they compete against Lincoln. If they lose tight, a tight contest um, to Lincoln um, going forward, even though it's a defeat, I weirdly feel a bit better about life because I, I think the performance would be, it, it shows that they potentially have learnt from last season. And okay, they lose the game and it could be potentially they lose it because of being just beaten by a better team. But last season, they they just had no upstairs, especially in, in terms of the mental side. They had nothing. They just wilted and when the the going got tough they struggled um so for me it's about bouncing back and showing that that 4-1 defeat against Doncaster but they shrug it off and and they go back and play like they did in the first 20 minutes at Doncaster and take the game to Lincoln and and see if they can put Lincoln under pressure and go from the start um in terms of the point about rotation um, I'm not advocating that Lambert should change the entire eleven, but for me, I'm not as bothered in the fact that if he wants to make numerous changes, I don't think that um, is a particularly bad thing. I think if he does it every week, then of course it's it's not great, but. I think it's not a particular bad thing if he wants to make more than just a couple of changes. Um, because for me, they should all be training in the system that has been uh, worked on. And so they should all be, um, they should all be able to come in and adapt and play in that system. For me, the biggest issue from last season was more about the uh, rotation of the formation. And we know that he's not going to change the formation against Lincoln. So for me, if he wants to make a few more changes than just a couple, then that wouldn't bother me uh, too much. I have a sneaking suspicion that uh, 
Harvey's mate might get a go for the first time in the league this season. Um, especially the fact that although I've got nothing against Holy, uh, and I think although he hasn't had a lot to do in quite a few of the matches, um, I think if Cornell gets an opportunity, you will see that he's a he's a better footballer in what Lambert wants to do in terms of playing out from the back. And you can certainly see that Holy is not comfortable doing that. And, of course, uh, he got bailed out on Tuesday night by Enciala in the first half and then did exactly the same thing in the second half and got punished. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Um, the defence is the big one. I, 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 it's a really difficult decision because... They've had one bad night. And do you say to Enciala and Wilson, right, it's cutthroat. You, <laughs> the, the mistakes were made. One of you's out. Because I don't think both of them will go. Because um, I think that would be a bit draconian. And I think a bit over the top. Especially blooding in, in a game like that against the team who are directly next to you in the league and who are likely to be in that area of the playoffs to suddenly put a completely new centre-half pairing in, I think would be uh, a bit of an overreaction. But will they drop one of them? Uh, more likely to probably be Enciala. Um, or do they say, have another go and see if you can learn from what happened on Tuesday and, and, and see if they can make a difference? That is a difficult one. Uh, and as Tom said, I wouldn't like to be Lambert in having to make those decisions because you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. If if they play and then they make a complete arse of it, then the confidence is gone. If they don't play, then their confidence could be gone as well. So it's, it's a kind of no-win situation. Um, but I would like to see Bennett's have a go. I think Hawkins will come back in up front. Um, I also think if Ward's fit, He'll he'll come back in on the left, um, and that might be a good thing if we can get Ward back to have another voice, bit of experience. Then maybe what happened on Tuesday may not happen. I think I'm not suggesting that there weren't enough on the pitch on Tuesday, but I just think they wilted under pressure, and that they're just couldn't seem to raise above it and, and put in a performance. So maybe having another experienced voice to maybe just calm things down, we might get a reaction on Saturday. Um, I do think it's going to be tough, but I'm going to try and be positive and say a 1-1 draw. Okay, okay. Um, you mentioned Harvey and his boy, Doi. Cornell. Um, so, Harvey, how are you feeling going into this game? And is your boy going to make his first league start for town? And your prediction, of course. I think he will, yeah. Um, I think that Liam makes a good point of there's, there's no doubt about it that Cornell's better with his feet than, than Holy is. I think not only this season, but last season as well. On a few occasions, you've seen it where um, even going back to the I'm sure the first, I could be wrong, but the first game of the season against Burton, didn't he nearly let one roll under his foot or something yeah. like that? The story did only. So he's never been comfortable with the ball at his feet. Um, so I think Cornell suits the way we're playing a little bit more. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all to see 
him in the starting lineup. In terms of the game itself, it's definitely going to be a tough game. I think you mentioned at the start that Lincoln have signed 14, 15 players. I think that shows the importance of having the right recruitment because you look at the other end of the scale on Blackpool that have signed 14, 15 players as well. Um, and they look like the team at the moment. So he's recruited well, Appleton. Um, he's highly thought of. Um, and it's going to be a tough game. Uh, you know, they've got Neil Erdley, the right back, who's from Clandidno, which is about five minutes away from me. So a bit of a local yeah. connection there. Um, I, I don't think we'll win. Um, I think there's going to be goals again now. I'm going to go for, for a 2-2 draw. Ooh, um, yeah, I, th- I think there will be goals in it. Um, in terms of the the lineup itself, it's really difficult because there's no doubt about it that there were individual mistakes um, on Tuesday. That if we want to get out of this league, we can't we can't keep we can't keep doing. Um, I hope Ward's back. Ward makes an absolutely massive difference, um, not only down the left hand side, but I think the way he organises um, the two centre backs as well. I think. Him and Chambers, either side of NCR and Wilson, they're going to be confident player. So if Ward's back, I would stick with Wilson and NCR. Um, but I understand people that would disagree with that as well because you've got Wolfenden, who is arguably our best centre back, breathing down as as Mark McGuinness, who I'm personally not 100% sure why we signed. I think that money could have been spent better elsewhere. But anyway, that's a different conversation. Yeah. Um, who is highly thought of Arsenal. So it's going to be a tough game, but I'm going to go for a Desmond, um, which I don't think would be the worst result in the world. What what I'm thinking of is really um, when like I was thinking 2-3-1 down against Doncaster, if I was in Paul Lambert's shoes, what, what I would do. I, mean, I know we're all, myself included, insistent on this 4-3-3 system, but I just want to throw this out there because I'm tall myself. Would would any of you in that situation, would you change the system when you two, three, one down? So for example, you know, if you go three, five, two for the last 20 minutes, so you've still got the three in midfield, but you've, you've got you know an option of two strikers at front, or would you prefer to really stick with the system, be stubborn with the system, and have the players that are just suited to that system? I, I feel though as though although the four three three system suits us best, I'm definitely not arguing with that. I think we need to be a bit more flexible tactically if we want to if we want to win games in this league. Um, again, I'm, I'm under no illusions. Four three three for me is the way forward. But I'm talking if if you're taking each game by a game by game basis, I think there's going to be times in the season where we're going to have to change things around a little bit for the, for the last twenty minutes or so to to get a result. Um, I just wondered what everyone else thought because I'm tall as to which one I prefer personally. I already said in a earlier few weeks ago that my worry about Lambert is his in-game management and that I'm happy that he's sticking to a formation, but it's kind of now gone from one extreme to the other that he's sticking to a formation, but then he's not willing to change it. Whereas I'm perfectly happy for him to change the formation or uh, play a different system, depending on the circumstance uh, of the game, to get something out of it. Um, uh, Because I'm sure that they will work on different systems in training. So for me, yeah, I completely agree with you. If you you want to change the system, if it's not working, 
change it. I, I'm happy he's sticking to it overall starting games, but if it doesn't work, then you've got to change it because you become too predictable. I want to go over to Matt now to get your thoughts on the Lincoln game. We digress a little bit there. Um, so your your thoughts going into this game? Will Town bounce back, or are you fearing another defeat? So your overall feelings and your prediction for this game? We are going to bounce back. Um, oh. I, yeah, I'm, I've looked at the Lincoln side. I've looked at their form, um, and who knows? I might actually get this prediction right. Um, I think I think two one. Um, I don't know. I've got a soft spot for Lincoln. I was born in Lincolnshire, and I've got family up there still. So, and yeah, I'm the sort of bloke that's got soft spots for about 17 different clubs around the world. But um, yeah, it's it, it is it's, it's a bit of a dive to go there. They they've got a decent manager. They play nice football. Um, I just think with our players that are coming back, I just think. The other night against Doncaster, we did, we did look a little bit um, limited, but I think it's last chance saloon for a few players. Um, Holy, Enciala, um, and oh, who else have we got here? Kenlock. Um, I, I, I think we'll find out in the morning. Paul Lambert's going to say, "Oh, Ward's 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 near ready," um, so he, he won't want to risk him in a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. Um, it concerns me that that the likes of um, Wolfie, um, Cornell, and a few other players, Dobra, they might not be getting too much time. I know. I think some of them played forty-five minutes the other day behind closed doors, but I'm, I'm, we don't seem to be using a lot of players at the moment. And I'm just worried that if we did need to make a change, bring somebody in because let's say we have another calamitous um, performance from somebody. Um, at the weekend, those players that would step in might not be um, match fit, you know, to quote a football manager slash champ man um, kind of terminology there. But yeah, um, I've no idea who's going to play up front. I'd really like to see Bennett's play. But then again, <laughs> surprise, surprise, I'm biased because I also support Bruce and Munchen Gladbach. Um, and yeah, he's very, very highly rated and looks fairly decent and is a right old beast. So he plays like him, scare the absolute heebie-jeebies out of um, League One defences. And there aren't a lot of League One defences that actually know what they're doing. I thought we knew what we were doing until I saw the Doncaster highlights. And, and who was it? Was it was it Renegade Statman that made the GIF reaction highlights of our goals? Um, I, will, I, will, I, will copy, I will copy you into it. It's, yes. it's basically, yes, it is. It is funny because I think all of those GIFs or GIFs, as some people call them, uh, are exactly how I reacted when I was either listening or watching the highlights. So, yeah, anyway, uh, Lincoln 1, Ipswich Town 2, top Ooh. of the league because Hull are going to lose. Oh, OK. Um, and then finally, David, to finish it off, how are you feeling going into this game? Uh, I enjoyed our little trip to Lincoln when I went with you as well. Oh, that um, journey back. Yeah, yeah. Yes, forget about the journey, the... You know, going to Derby and then having to go through Cambridge and all that. Um, yeah, uh, your thoughts going to this, my friend, and uh, your prediction. Um, I'm torn on it. Um, I think that what concerns me about the Doncaster um, thing is that what we ended up doing was being punished for things we'd already done several times before and got away got away with, um, and that. 
that niggles at me slightly. And there are one or two players who, for me, aren't in last chance or shouldn't be in last chance saloon because they've had several chances. If you look across, ignore the results, if you look at actually what's happened. Um, one, I love Holy. I think he's fantastic. But he's been wobbly for three or four games. He's flapped at crosses and he's not come, he's not managed to get hold of things. Um, so for me, much as I would like Holy to become sort of God Emperor of the Universe, I think that Cornell should play. Um, he is better at his feet, but it's not, not to do with his feet. It's to do with the fact that Holy's been wobbly on crosses and coming for balls. And he's got away with a couple of things in both the Accrington game, but also before that. Do I think he'll, he will get dropped? I, I'm i not sure. I think that overall, Lambert will almost certainly keep as close to an unchanged side as possible because he's going to want to say this isn't a panic. Um, so I think that any changes will be about fitness, broadly speaking. So I think you're going to see one or two changes, but that's not necessarily what I would do. Chambers, obviously right back. Um, Wilson for me, stays in because he's been the most consistent of the centre-backs. Ward is an interesting one. Ward affects what else I do. If Ward's fit, then I pull in a new centre-half. And I, I, I liked what I saw of McGuinness. Um, and I'm undecided whether I'd put Wolfenden or McGuinness in. McGuinness's height is good. I like that. Um, when you don't have that with Wilson. Um, but I would drop Nciala if Ward is fit. If Ward is not fit, then Nciala gets a reprieve, but Ndaba plays. Because either way round, I don't want Kenlock. That's not going to happen, but carry on. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. I'm saying what I would do. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Because yeah. I've said what I think he's going to do. I think he's going to keep basically an unchanged side with maybe one or two changes. Mm. I think he will bring Hawkins back. And I think that Cornell has a decent start, chance of playing. I think that's what Lambert will do. But I, that's not what I think should happen. Yeah. Nolan Dazelle Bishop in the middle. Hughes doesn't get another chance in the first team until such time as Hellfreeze is over. Because he has had chances repeatedly over the last two years and hasn't taken them. He's not the player he was when we saw him against Newcastle, when he had him on loan, he has... It, 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 keep coming back to this. You you can give a player a chance. You can give the player another chance. At what point do you just turn around and say, you're not good enough? Ken Lockers has been having that chance over, repeatedly over manager after manager after manager, doesn't learn from his mistakes. Hughes isn't controlling. He isn't doing things in games. He's... Against Accrington in the first half... He had a horrible resemblance to a certain Mr. Douglas <laughs> in the way in which he was sort of fanning around, sort of chasing around, but not quite getting a ball. And then when he did get a ball, gave it away straight away. Eight times he gave it away in the first half against Accrington. And if you're only as good as your last game, if you've had three crap games, then really, no. So Nolan Dazelle Bishop in the centre... Edwards out left, not anywhere else on the left. Hawkins I would put in there um, again, although I like the look of Bennett um, as a possibility. 
and I would be playing Lancaster out on the right on account of the fact that I like having a slight difference. So I can see completely the argument for Bennett because he's a, a you know, he, he cuts in, he's an inverted winger and he matches up what you got on the other side with Edwards. But having that slight difference in, a, in attacking play keeps the opposition thinking that little bit more because they're not matching up the same things. So I'd like to see Lancaster out there. Um, Bennett's undoubtedly to come on. Do I think that's going to happen? No, I don't think any of that's going to happen. I think, but there you go. Um, so, and no judge because we know. Yeah, <laughs> unless Judge is playing in the centre of midfield, I think Judge could do a decent job in the centre of midfield because he's actively involved in things and his range of passing would be useful. I would like to see Judge given a, a given a chance to play in centre of midfield, which is where he buggers off to most of the time anyway. So why not try him there? Um, Result-wise, I wrote down, before we started all of this, I wrote down a score. But it sticks in my throat to say it out loud because I hate predicting a town defeat. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-0 defeat against Lincoln because I think that uh, Michael Appleton's got them well-organised. They're a difficult side and it's away from home. Um, and I think that Lincoln are going to end up being the top three, four side at the end of the season. Um, Gillingham-wise, I think we'll win 2-0. So let's go on to Gillingham. Of course, next time we'll be doing the podcast, we'll be, of course, already face Gillingham. So your predictions going into this game, uh, they're currently sitting 12th in the league. Um, once again, I know we don't know much about after the Lincoln game, but Thomas, your thoughts? Um, well, you're just your prediction, my friend, on this game. I think it'll be the same as last year, we'll, but the only difference is we'll have a decent defeat to Lincoln and then we'll come back like we did against Southend last year. But Davis always said 2-0, so I'll go I'll go 3-0. OK, Harvey? Gillingham were actually my uh, my dark horse tip for this year, so I still think they'll get into the playoffs um, under Steve Evans, but I think we'll win. I think we'll win 2-1. Mm, Matt, are you, are you going to go for double whammy or wins for town? Well, hell yes, I am. We're going to win 3-1. We don't keep clean sheets. We're at Switch Town and we've got Thomas Holy in goal that can't kick the ball properly, apart from when he's trying to score. Um, but yes, um, 3-1, Ipswich Town, back of the net. Cool. And then Liam, who ruined it earlier. Well, <laughs> if the kids can do it, then the first team can do it. So I'll, I'll say... Um, I'll say a 2-0 win at home. That seems to be the standard at Portman Road. And, um, will we see another fight between Steve Evans and Paul Lambert? We'll wait and see I, on that. Yeah, Honey Badger is back. Honey Badger is back, yeah. But, um, well, lads, that is another jam-packed show. Thank you, Matt, David, Thomas, Harvey and Liam from Crew for joining me this week. Um, if you want to get involved in future shows, make sure to get in contact with me uh, Ross Media UK on Twitter. Um, we record this every Thursday. So you want to get involved, let us know. Um, anyway, until next time, make sure to watch game day on Saturday um, after the Lincoln game to get the thoughts from these lads. I know most of them will probably be part of it too. So that is it from us. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.
facebook.com slash channel slash art.